the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. The new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW AM and HD. Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. This is 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Little headline news for you. We've hit it once. Let's hit it twice. Twice is nice. The iPhone 4 lands in Apple stores today around the world. Fox News Radio's Joy Piazza reports. I will enjoy this longer than I enjoy most goals, but uh, I'm already got my head wrapped around Saturday and the reality of what that is and the opportunity that that presents. So Landon Donovan clearly got an iPhone somehow, and that was a goal in his life, and he's going to enjoy it. And he's, well, okay, so we played the wrong audio clip. But maybe Landon Donovan got an iPhone. We don't know. Do you want me to play that last clip that we played? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I was redoing the iPhone launch because it's such a big story. So I thought in the first hour it was a good story, but it was probably still a good story. Sure, let's take another listen. The Apple faithful can now get their hands on the iPhone 4. And the reviews are in. I think it's beautiful. I've been shaking ever since. Two lines, one for those who pre-ordered the phone and one for walk-ins, wrapped around the block at Apple's flagship store in New York City. But once the doors opened... (laughs) Joy Piazza, Fox News Radio. I love the guy in there who said he's been shaking ever since. It is that much of a moment that tech enthusiasts... Again, we got to get a darn winning wood chipper. we got to weed some of these people out. There's froth. These are the people who are froth on the upside. Now, again, they're not the bottom dwellers. They're not the catfish of society. They're the froth of society. Yes, the iPhone's amazing. Yes, Apple's got the iPad, which is amazing. Yes, Apple is on the cusp of world dominance. Yes, yes, yes. I get it all. I get it all. I do. I do. Apple stock goes to 325 because of this iPhone 4. Three and a half years ago, there was no iPhone. Now the Jesus phone is dominant, and it's people shake. They weep. They cheer for it, even though it's a gadget. Basically, it's like a big glorified vibrator that makes phone calls. And, and well, it also connects to the Internet and to email. It's, it's just a freaking fracking gadget. It doesn't walk on water. Elsewhere. You know, in stock again, I own shares of Apple. I need to disclose that. I think it's going to 325 easy in the next 12 months. Elsewhere, the United States is moving on to the round of 16 in the World Cup after a late goal by Landon Donovan, who I think owns an iPhone, and that put the United States over Algeria. Donovan's decisive goal at the World Cup helped lift the United States to one of the biggest victories in U.S. soccer history ever. Not letting it go to his head, though. I will enjoy this longer than I enjoy most goals, but uh, I'm already got my head wrapped around Saturday and the reality of what that is and the opportunity that that presents now again i love him and his receding little hairline and at times i've seen this guy be nothing but a massive prick 
He comes across as incredibly nice, but if you ask him something that he doesn't want to answer, he turns prickish. Uh, there's some pretty funny YouTube videos out there of uh, him fighting him fighting with reporters and basically refusing not to answer questions. Um, good guy, nice guy, great for soccer. And again, what I woke up to, and this was just a brilliant revelation, because I like being one step ahead of people. Because we came in first, we get to land in the group of 16, our four that we landed with is Uruguay, South Korea, and Ghana, whereas England woke up, and it that's a that is a group of death. Argentina, Mexico, Germany, and England. Any of them could legitimately win the World Cup. But now they all have to play each other to get to the round of four. That's crazy. We got crazy, not lucky, but we got a crazy good pull on that one. Next up, looks like a few people who got millions in homeowner tax credits. Now, you know people who bought a home. You know people who bought a home. You bought it a month before them, and you didn't qualify for the tax credit, and that pissed you off. You're like, I'm angry about that. Why isn't this retroactive? I bought my house last year. You know a couple people like this. But listen to this. Some people got millions of homeowner tax credits who didn't deserve them. Would you believe nearly 1,300 prison inmates, more than 240 of them serving life, applied for and received more than $9 million in homebuyer tax credits, even though they were behind bars when they claimed to have bought a home? This according to a new Treasury Department report, which says altogether more than 14,000 taxpayers wrongly received nearly $27 million in tax credits, but that's just a tiny sliver of the 2.6 million taxpayers who claim nearly $19 billion in credits through April. And the IRS says it also blocked nearly 400,000 questionable claims, which included, by the way, 87 IRS employees. Chris Stanley, Fox News Radio. You know the prisoners who applied for and received tax credits? I personally, if I'm made president of the United States, I'd let them out of prison. I think those people are pretty ingenious and they figured out ways to screw the system. I would put them in my agency of how can we stop people from screwing the system? I'm pretty impressed that prisoners can pull that off. How is that even possible? I don't know. I'm d- d- completely aghast by that. So you're aghast at it, and I want to make those people heroes. I want them to be in charge of figuring out other scams and, and shutting down other people. Because those are people, like a lot of people are angry at um, you know, people who are successful. Well, it, may, it makes me more mad at our government than at those people. Agreed. And I think the IRS agents who filed for the credit illegally should be thrown in exactly. the Darwin Exactly. On top of that. It's ridiculous. So I, I've brought up a conversational piece that is stimulating to both Heidi and to Rob, man and woman, liberal and con- I'm not going to say it. Anyway, next up, a Massachusetts public school. This story is going to have you so damn angry. A Massachusetts public school is under fire today for controversial condom policy. Now, again, controversial condom policy, you're thinking high school, right? Wrong. Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports. Condoms for first graders free of charge in Provincetown, Massachusetts. The school district deciding to make contraceptive devices available to every student, even those in grade school. We don't expect young children to be asking for condoms. But if they do, Superintendent Beth Singer says kids will get them. The school board chairman defending the plan says there's no set age when sexual activity starts. Parents are pretty upset. I think it's a little too young. I mean, my kids even going into seventh, and that's too young for him, I would think. But kindergarten is way, way too little. In New York, Todd Starnes, Fox News Radio. Okay, now say it with me. That superintendent who had the audacity to say that they're going to do this needs to be fired. Everyone in that board of supervisors needs to be fired. They all need to be replaced. Condoms for first graders at the cost of the public education system? That's the most crazy thing I've heard. Now, I don't have any problem with kiddie porn. 
But to me, kitty porn is cats. I don't mind watching cats have sex, but children, we don't even need to be talking about this. And giving condoms to first graders is wrong on so many levels, unless you're going to make animal balloons out of them. But it is wrong on so many levels. What's wrong with that superintendent? What's wrong with that board of supervisors? What's wrong with that school district? Next up, a group of California students who were disciplined for wearing the American flag on Cinco de Mayo, they filed a lawsuit. These kids are so smart, they filed a lawsuit against their school. Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports. The boys said the Morgan Hill Unified School District violated their right to free speech, forced to remove their American flag T-shirts on Cinco de Mayo, a Mexican holiday. The school district later reversed the ruling and apologized. Three students and their parents filing the suit, saying they should not have to shed their First Amendment rights at the schoolhouse gates. School leaders contend they were simply looking out for the boys' safety, worried that Mexican-Americans students might take offense in new york todd starnes fox news radio now there's a story that i hinted at it and i kind of want to put this in a nice little bow these kids didn't file the lawsuit saying that they had a right to wear a shirt it's their parents their parents are media whores and they need to go in the darwinian woodchipper these kids need to be worrying about going and asking a girl out on a date these kids need to be worried about finishing their freaking fracking homework uh, a teacher saying, you know, we don't want a Mexican kid beating up an American kid because it's insulting to their holiday. I get where the teacher was coming from. Okay, flawed, yes. Absolutely, 100% flawed. But to sue over it, don't we have better things to spend our money on? And the school district's going to have to hire attorneys to help protect. And that's just more money that doesn't go to teachers. It's more money that goes to attorneys. It's just wrong on so many levels. And, uh, you know, I, when I was in second grade, Mrs. Short threw an eraser at the kid in front of me. And because I had a little problem paying attention, I didn't see the eraser coming. And Mike Brim ducked. And Mike Brim ducked and Rob Black got hit in the face with an eraser and chalk went everywhere. Now, if you've ever been hit in the nose with an eraser and chalk, you instantly start crying. So instantly I start bawling in front of all these boys and girls in second grade. I'm humiliated. My mom and dad, you know what they said? Next time you should be paying attention. They didn't say Sue. Heidi put on her headphones. Does she, does she want to comment on the American flag, Cinco de Mayo lawsuit, parent media whores? And don't you think that this would be a wonderful F you? Just that's what I think of is F you, you parents. Yeah. Those kids want to like watch baseball. They F you to the government and to those parents. How about the condom story? Did that get a rise out of you? Yeah. And F you to the principal. <laughs> that's three. Three in the in the headline news today. Okay, I think it's time to wrap it up and put it in a bow. So, and that's your headline news, 800-345-5639. We got Heidi to say F you. Let's put that on tape, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I think calls have been a little on the light side today. Hint, hint, wink, wink. If you're living outside the area, 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Coming up, I got some movers and shakers in the world of investments. Black and your money. 1 800 345 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I'm back. I'm 14% more man than Ron Owens. I'm 86% funnier than Gil Gross. Who's Gil Gross, you say? I know. I know. Go Google it. You'll figure it out. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I promised a little stock talk, so let's do a little stock talk here in this segment. 
um, kind of get you up to date on what's happening in the market. Apple, we've done the story twice. The iPhone, people are salivating. People are losing their S over it. They're crying. Stock's up about a point today. Interesting note, it's up on a down day. Dow's down 70, NASDAQ down 14, S&P 500 up. No, S&P 500 down one. Stocks are being hit by the economy worry. And a lot of malaise, just a lot of people are starting to figure out jobs aren't roaring back. People are starting to figure out the government spending didn't really help the jobs. People are figuring it out. So Apple is a good story in a bad market. What do you think Apple would be in a good market? Eh? Eh? Now, there's a lot of suckers in Apple because it's so widely known and so widely followed and they make a phone that slices bread. So you got to be careful on that. But the estimates are low on the company. I mean, what they keep coming out with, like, they expect to sell a million iPads. They sell five million iPads. Like, the, the, the numbers are low. I love World Cup soccer. There's a guy dressed up as an orange lion. And, like, he's going to watch the whole game dressed up as an orange lion. Kind of like a Tony the Tiger look. He's pulling for the Netherlands. Good for him. Next up, uh, Dell. Here's a company that's lost their edge, and they're in a problem. Dell, obviously Michael Dell, started Dell in his college dorm room, became a multi-billionaire with an idea of selling computers through magazines, through 800 numbers. Computers used to be like, I want to go touch it, I want to go feel it. And he figured out, hey, you may want to touch it, you may want to feel it, but you're also willing to give a discount of not touching and feeling it, if I give you a discount on how much it costs. He was great at, at pulling together all the parts. Now, the parts has turned incredibly competitive. So HP has caught them in that area aggressively. And the extra bonus things that they sell, like servers and storage and networkers, networking equipment, has turned... They've lost an edge. So they can't get the volume, volume, volume that they need. Dell's problem. To me, they're kind of like sideways at best. Sideways at best. Few rumors out there in the world of Wall Street today. Weight Watchers is spiked following a rumor that the company could be taken over. Ticker symbol on Weight Watchers is WTW. Dendrion. Their shares were strong on a rumor their company's drug is now covered by Humana. Dendrion's going to be speaking at the Wells Fargo conference this afternoon, and we'll find out if that's true or false. A company called Pactive, they saw their share price spike today. Rumor on that company that they had hired an advisor to possibly go private. People, by the way, think Dell's going to possibly go private. And Wendy's Arby's. I know you're saying, what a quandary. Which one would I eat at? Well, you could eat at whichever, but you could invest in one or the other at the same time. They're rumored to be receiving a buyout offer. It's a $4.20 stock. A lot of rumors are circulating. A lot of rumors never actually happen. A lot of rumors never come to fruition. It's worthy of note. Um... You know, Wendy's Arby's, if they were folded into Yum! Brands, I can I can get it. I can make a case for a buyout. I can make a case for a buyout, downsize the company a little bit. But I'm not buying in the rumor. It's just, for instance, in my investment world, I only got 20 tickets. Warren Buffet taught me this. He says, pretend that you only have 20 tickets. And every decision you make, you only get 20 decisions for the rest of your life. Think about this. If you were told when you're 16 years old, you're only going to be able to kiss three women in your life. You'd be a little bit more picky, right? You'd really, you probably would marry more correctly. Think about it for a second. 
same concept, if you could only pick 20 investments in your lifetime, you'd probably be a little bit more selective about it. I don't know. It sounds like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Let me ask George. George, do you agree with me or disagree with me? You would have married better if you were only able to kiss three women instead of whoring around and... and <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I'm I'm 18 years old, so I'm not married yet. But, uh, uh, yeah, if, if you had to pick three girls, you'd probably be pretty picky. Yeah, exactly. So, good advice or bad advice? To uh, only pick three girls? Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty sound advice. I think a lot more people, I think even a lot more happier people are out there. Now, you're 18. Did you know the newest trend in dating online is mobile? I did not know that. Well, actually, uh, actually, I'm sure, you know, like one in four people or whatever has, like, uh, been married over the Internet, like eHarmony, those things like that. Okay. I, th- I think it's like, I don't know. That doesn't sound right. That number sounds uh, way too high. It's it's pretty high. I was I was really surprised when I heard it, but it's up there. That's the new uh, Match.com, which I often refer to as the world's largest database of herpes. Um, oh, yeah. They've now moved from just an online site to being on your mobile phone, and it's actually successful. And there's another new trend in dating, because you're 18, I have to ask you about um, <laughs> the, the iPad. There's a, not the iPad, but GPS-based phones. There's a, a new uh, dating site called Scout, S-K-O-U-T, and George... You could be in Petaluma, and you could find out that there's someone in San Rafael who's ready to go and ready for a date tonight. And it's just two GPSs kind of like linking up. It's it's a different way of, of meeting, so to speak. So uh, dating going very 21st century. Just thought I'd throw that out there so I, I remain hip and cool. But what can I help you with today, George? Um, Wait, what was that? I don't know. I was asking you why. Why did you call? Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about the, uh, the uh, freedom of speech in high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you were talking about that earlier. The American and, flags. Uh, yeah, yeah, about the uh, the kids wearing flags on Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just I just graduated this year, and um, I think it's it's pretty interesting subject, like how uh, I mean, kids wearing flags in, in high school. I mean, I I saw it like all the time. There was a there was actually a big conversation in my high school where uh, like the Mexican kids. I mean, they they bring their flags and stuff like that, and it'd be all good. And a couple of the kids, I mean, we, it's a kind of a, a farm town, I guess you'd say, and um, they bring they bring the American flags and like and like carry them around. They like wear them around their shoulders and stuff. And they they have the same issue where they were uh, asked to take them down. And, I mean, I I, think, I I don't think that should be uh, allowed. I guess yeah, for their safety. But I think that brings up like a, a major issue where where I mean. Yeah, it's 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 um it's speech, but I think like it should be kept kept up for everybody. And I think if like I mean another kid's threatening another kid, like despite like what it's over, that um it's like I mean yeah they they can be angry at each other, but I mean these kids need to feel safe. Like for anything, I mean when you when you get to the point where you're tr- where you're trying to um express your freedom of speech. But you feel scared about it. I mean, I think there's a, there's like uh, there's a problem there, no matter oh. like what it is. Because I mean, we have the uh, the like gay lesbian transgender uh, club at our our high school, and they do, they do plenty of protests where like they they have their the day of silence. George, I mean, none of them agree with me on this though that if there's violence in the school, the student should be removed and not the, the, the cause. If he's wearing a Mexican flag, he's allowed to wear a Mexican flag. He's just a, a bully who happens to be Mexican. The bully should be removed. Yeah. 
So I, I think we're getting caught up in the whole freedom of speech versus the protecting of kids. Because when I was your age, George, we had fights between the freaks and the geeks and the jocks. And, you know, anyone wearing a letter jacket, they'd get, you know, they, they were called out as being a jock. And the freaks would wear Ozzy Osbourne. When Ozzy Osbourne was actually scary and actually did rock and roll versus when he became soft and an MTV uh, hero. But, I mean, there was fights in my high school about, you know, being a jock or a geek or a band geek got teased. I mean... It's just we need to weed out the bullies, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you're a very smart yeah, young man, yeah. and thanks for listening to the show. So, 800-345-5639. Make sure you marry correctly. That's my advice to you. At 18, the only mistake you can make right now is marrying poorly. Go to Josh in the Bay Bridge. Josh. How's it going, Rob? Good, Josh. Good, good. So, um... I am uh, 27 years old, and I got an opportunity to change um, my uh, kind of what I'm putting in for my 401k with my company, uh, and they are giving me the option to do either uh, Roth or a traditional. Um, well, I should say I've had the option to do a Roth or a traditional. I've been in a Roth for a couple of years, wondering if I should go half and half, if I should keep all my, you know, all of it in one. Or how old are you, Josh? Oh, no, you already told me. How much do you have in the 401k, Josh? Uh, right now it's about 15. 15. Okay. So you're doing pretty good for your age. Um, I always say people need to have between 10 and 40 by the time they're 30. So you're doing great. Um, and most of it's in a 401k right now and not a Roth. No, actually all of it's in a Roth right now. Okay, perfect. Um, I would take a look at the tax tables, Josh. And if you're in a situation where you could lower your tax bracket, um, I would consider putting money in the 401k. Ultimately, Josh, I think you're going to want to save in both in your lifetime. That's the easy way for me to give media advice because when you turn 60, your wife may want to get a Winnebago. And a Winnebago is $100,000, $200,000. But she's done. She put up with you for 40 years. You promised her you'd see the world with her and go see the grandkids. So you would want to buy that out of your Roth money because you're not, you don't want to spend $100,000 because then you'd have to spend – 125 or 130 because you get taxed on that money that you pull out of your Roth, uh, out of your 401k. So you want some of both, um, in my opinion. You want to live off your 401k in retirement for your groceries and food. Um, and I think you want to get your big expenses out of your Roth in retirement. So 50-50 is the right answer. If you can create some tax efficiencies now and lower your tax bracket by doing the 401k, you're not paying taxes on it, that's an obvious. But we don't know where taxes are going to be in 30, 40 years. If you're in the camp that you think we're going to tax old people 50% on whatever they spend in income, then you, all, everything goes in the Roth. Uh, but right now, the low tax bracket's about 15% for seniors on you know how much they're spending. So that's not too bad. But if you think taxes are going way higher, max out the Roth. So thanks okay. for the call. Good luck, Josh. Good luck on that Bay Bridge. Watch out for that S-curve. I hear it kills people. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Hey, are you with me or against me on this one? This whole soccer tournament, there's a lot of good-looking men playing soccer. I'm comfortable in saying that. There are a lot of good-looking men playing soccer. I used to play soccer. It's Rob Black and your money, 910 AM, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Coming up, Russia versus the United States. Investments. Ideas tied to both. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, it's business time. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. 
the business stories that are out there today, shall we? Mortgage rates on 30-year fixed mortgages have fallen to 4.69%, a record low. So if you were born in 1940, 1950, 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, 2005, 2008, 2009, rates have never been this low. It's stunning. This is, and again, you know, I said earlier in the show, now is the time really not to focus too much on the stock market because we've got some malaise going. So now's the time to look at your mortgage. And again, if you got a 15-year mortgage that's, say, at 5%, 5.5%, you can get it down to 4.1% right now. If you've got a 30-year mortgage at, say, 5.25%, and anything over that, you're just stupid. I mean, you are just flat-out dumb. You are one of those people who, I'm not going to say couldn't solve a Rubik's Cube, because I was able to solve Rubik's Cubes. I was one of those kids that could do that. Um, I'm going to say that if you've got a, a mortgage rate over five and a half percent, you're just lazy. Like you probably think two and a half men is the funniest show on TV. Need I say more? Next up, Hasbro says they're not in buyout talks. Hasbro maker of toys. There's another one. Mattel maker of toys. To me, this would scare me a little bit if I was a Mattel employee. The number two, uh, toy maker shares Hasbro. They rose 9% in pre-market trading after the wall street journal reported that they were in early negotiations with Providence equity partners to take company private in a possible leveraged buyout. Now, Hasbro confirmed it was approached by a private equity firm, but at the time, they didn't pursue it. Now, this is where I get apathetic, and I go, I can't, I can't tell who's lying here. You know, I can't tell who's telling the truth. So I don't play that game, but I can tell you what it means from a social perspective. There's probably going to be some downsizing in the toy industry. So if you know people who work at Hasbro or you know people who work at Mattel, there's probably going to be some downsizing. That's why companies want to take them private, because they basically say, I can do that management better. I can do what needs to be done. I can you know, shut down what I need to shut down. I can break union talks if I need to break union talks. Good news for you. Good news for me. Southwest Airlines. I, I dig the Southwest. You know why I dig Southwest? Because they don't jack you. You know, in this world, I just want to be treated right. If I order pizza and it comes with onions all over and I didn't want pizza with onions, I want that made right. You know, it's you spend money you want to make right. You go with United or you go with American and you get a flight to Conquistador or Ecuador or Monticello. I know you're saying you're making up stuff now. Is it Monticello the place where Jefferson lived? It is. It is. It's a house. I know. I'm testing you to see if you're paying attention. But they'll always jack up prices. You know, your bags don't fly free. You got to pay for the emergency row. Oh, we're allowed to bump you if we want to bump you. Southwest, they don't jack you. And I give a lot of credit to that business. I mean, yeah, they got some flaws. They do. They do. They overbook their flights. They do. But I, at least their flights are what they say they are. So get this. They're doing a 72-hour fare sale. 39 years in business. Guess how much their fees are going to be starting at? $39. You travel up to 450 miles, $39 one way. For travel between 451 and 1,000 miles, fares are $79 each way. For fares that are $119 each way, for travel greater than that. So if you go over 1,000 miles, it's going to be $119. So you can go get this. You can fly to Washington, D.C. from San Francisco for $119. 
He can come back $240. He can fly across the country and back for $240 freaking dollars. It's an amazing deal. And, you know, people will bitch and they will moan and they will cry. Yeah, I don't like airports. But if you think about the value in, in how far that they can push you around in a basically a glorified bus that has jets on it, it's pretty impressive. So to book travel, you got to go to southwest.com. Southwest fares are not available online. Travel sites like Expedia or Orbitz. And the fares are only available until they're through next three days. But it's for travel from September 8th through November 17th. Okay, so it's not Thanksgiving. Okay, so it's not Christmas. But I wouldn't mind sending my sugar booger to L.A. so I could have a weekend alone. Go! It's $80 round trip. Leave. Bye-bye. Let me stay alone. Okay, so Southwest 72-hour fare. That's a pretty good business story. Thank you, Rob, for pointing that out to me. You're welcome. And um, elsewhere, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. No, Fannie Mae said, get this. They're starting to change the rules if you walk away from your home. Now, I know a lot of you have some have some problems. And what do I mean by have some problems? You're losing your home to foreclosure is one thing. But walking away because it's financially convenient Fannie Mae said that, you know, we may go after you now. With millions of Americans owing more on their mortgages than their houses are worth, many are opting for just a strategic default. You've heard me talk about that on this show, which would allow a house to go back to the bank, even though the borrower may be capable of making payments. In some states, those who take that strategic default face lawsuits now from lenders who are anxious to collect what they're owed. The now quasi-governmental agent called Fannie Mae, they announced they're upping the stakes by barring those who walk away from an FHA-insured loan for seven years. You walk away, you ain't getting another FHA loan for seven years. Interesting, right? And they also said that in states where lawsuits are legal, that they will join lenders in suing borrowers who default even though they've got the cash flow to pay for it. I don't know. I find that story intriguing. Next up in the world of business time and a major victory for Google, great Google to Moogla, in their battle with media companies, a federal judge in New York threw out Viacom's $1 billion copyright infringement lawsuit against Google's YouTube, the number one internet video sharing site. Basically, people would take SpongeBob SquarePants and post it on Facebook. They would take Stephen Colbert, who did a fantastically outrageous piece on Glenn Beck last night. Uh, Glenn Beck basically saying he went to the Vatican and and somebody told him what he's doing is righteous. So he's kind of implying that God's talking to him. And that on Martin Luther King's uh, We Have a Dream Day, that he's going to go... And have a dream speech as well. So Glenn Beck is now walking in the steps of Martin Reverend Luther King. And he's now saying that people at the Vatican are telling him that what he's doing is right. Colbert skewered him on this. It was hilarious. And it should be up on YouTube, but it can't be up on YouTube because Viacom says we own those rights. Now, the provisions generally protect a website from liability for copyrighted material uploaded by its users as long as the operator of the site takes down the material when notified by its rightful owner. So that's a win for Google and a win for YouTube. You listen around black and your money. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Little Green Day taking us to break. Coming up, I've got an amazing, amazing thing for you. I know. Just another segment of the show right around the corner. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. There's something I dig about the drama of the World Cup. Italy got ousted today, and four years ago they won the World Cup. For them to go out in the first round, it's 
it's embarrassing. It's 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 sad. Heads will roll. The coach said, I take full responsibility. If the squad went out with fear in their legs and hearts, it means the coach didn't prepare the match well tactically or psychologically. That's some drama. I don't know if a coach can put or take out fear in legs and such, but that's some drama. So Italy goes down. France goes down. The United States marches forward, and they're in the pretty easy group of four um, so far. It's far better than the, the, the group of four that England drew. Anyway. I'm digressing. Having a big soccer party at my house on Saturday. If you want a chance to go, send me a headshot and a resume and tell me why you would want to go. Got an email from a 60-year-old woman that said she'd like to go and that she kind of was a little fearful that I'd turn her into pate. So she's right. You can't come. You're too old. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Now, here's where I feel awful at times. I got an email from a man named Gary. He said, I decided to respond to your questions. Um, he's basically looking for a financial advisor. I'm 56 years old. My wife is 64. We've been married for 37 years. Over the course of our marriage, we have bought and sold six homes. We've done okay each time, but not the way we should have by upgrading or improving. By now, we should have had our house nearly paid for, but we're currently renting, and we have no property. We filed for bankruptcy a year and a half ago due to a job layoff and too many bills. We spent our savings in our 401k to stay afloat. I know I should not have spent my 401k. I've been working since last November and currently earn 73000 plus commissions. My wife is collecting Social Security, $460 a month. I contribute the minimum to my company's 401k, which is I know I should be maxing out. We have approximately 3000 in savings. I purchased a vehicle in December due to my job. I receive a car allowance of $400 per month plus mileage. I tried to make out a 97 Tahoe with 160,000 miles on it, but it was tough on gas. I take clients with me at times and travel 1,500 miles a month on the road. We have um, no property. Kids are married, seven grandkids. We just don't want to be a burden on our children in, in 10 years or so. Um, sounds bleak. Thanks for your consideration. And I sent something back. I said, you know, I don't know exactly what to say. Basically, he's got $3,000 as an emergency fund. He's 56. His wife is 64. She's retired and collecting Social Security, which, ladies and gentlemen, let this hit home and shock the hell out of you. $460 a month. That is not a lot of money. So I sent an email back and I said, I don't know what to say other than to keep working and saving as long as you can. You know, $3,000, it's going to go fast. That emergency money, it'll be gone within five years. It'll be gone within three years of him retiring. So he kind of got mad at me. I said, look at your budget and figure out where you can cut something out. He said, sorry to have wasted your time. I was under the assumption from listening to you that you were able to recommend a financial planner to folks who were looking for one. You don't, your financial plan is, you, you screwed up. You blew it. From age 20 to 56, you saved nothing. You bought and sold six houses. You saved nothing. Now, you got, hold on, hold on, let's count it again. Um, you got seven grandkids. Congratulations. You, I mean, you raised kids who made other kids. You did good on a social level. You get an A. On a fiscal level, you get an F. You failed miserably. Best thing you could do now, you don't need a financial planner. You need to get your wife back to work. a month ain't ain't worth not working. Now, if she's crippled or she doesn't have the bone strength, the the, the physical strength, that's fine. But she needs to to return her Social Security and get back to work. $406 a month, pre-tax? Are you kidding me? That's $6,000 a year? People can't live off that. If she can't make that somewhere, okay, so let's say say she stays on Social Security. My advice to you, you make $70,000 a year. Work till the day you die. 
because that's your financial plan at this point in time. You're never going to retire. It's never going to be comfortable. You don't have any property. How can you own and buy and sell six places in your life and have nothing? Probably send your kids to school. Hopefully you come from an ethnicity outside of of America, outside North America, because I don't want my mom and dad living with me. My dad's dead, so I really don't want a guy who's been dead for 17 years living with me, because that would be kind of weird. Very vampiric, very true-bloodish, but neither here nor there. You need to work as long as you can, Gary, and, and don't get mad at me that I can't send you a financial planner, because I, I would have to send you Father Guido Sarducci. Like, you need a financial plan from God right now. You messed up. You didn't save. You got nothing to manage. There's nothing to plan there. Keep your health good. Try to work till the day you die. If you're in a job that you can't work till the day you die, get into a job that you can work till the day you die. Now is a good time to start teaching your wife about becoming a real estate agent. Maybe she can be a real estate agent for all the old people. Or how about a reverse mortgage specialist? Do you know how much reverse mortgage people make? A lot of money. A reverse mortgage, and you know who uses reverse mortgages? Old people. Old people tend to trust what? Old people. So I would consider... I would strongly consider figuring out how to work as long as you can. How's that for happy-go-lucky email of the week? We could probably save that and use that in a best of. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Anyway, um, I know you're saying, Rob, you have no best ofs. Every show you do is perfect and ideal. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Anyone want to talk about that email? We've got six minutes. I don't know. I kind of I want it out there. I got an odd stat for you. Because I'm a guy who likes odd stats. Life expectancies have increased since years of Social Security enactment in 1935. We talked about this the other day, so I looked it up. It was widely understood even the average longevity rates would quickly produce a sizable population of Americans over 70. Back in 1935, one of the reasons the, the average age of death was on the lower side, it was 61. So you got retirement right around then, and then you died. But that number was skewed, and we didn't figure it out due to infant mortality. Average rose sharply for Americans who made it past childhood. At that time, 66 for a 20-year-old was the average age, 71 years old for a 45-year-old, and 75 for a 60-year-old. So all the crap that you hear that Social Security wasn't meant for these people, it wasn't, but we had the statistics back then to say that this was a flawed system that was going to destroy us. And sure enough, it's a flawed system that's going to destroy us, or we're going to have to change it. We're going to have to be, go very European. And by very European, I'm not talking about hairy armpits and such. I'm talking about we're going to have to make some cuts. Some of the things we promised we're going to have to take back. We're going to have to say, sorry, I didn't do that. I'm a new politician, not an old politician. So Congress dramatically expanded Social Security in 1939, even when the average age had risen again from 61 and 31 to 64. And if you look at it today, you know, it just it, it, it it's boggling that the average man's gonna live to seventy five and the average woman's gonna live to seventy seven, seventy nine in that range. So social security is a fantasy, and it is just a sick and corrupt fantasy. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Interesting thing happened yesterday. We had Russian President Dmitry Medvedev. He came to the Silicon Valley, three-day trip. I drove right by him on 101. I, I waved to him and said, yo. No, I actually didn't do that. I'm creating fiction right now. But he was up and down on 101. President Barack Obama is using Russian President Dmitry Medvedev's visit to Washington today as basically trying to say, 
this whole World Trade Organization thing, we want to get you into it, Russia. Now, Medvedev is part of the BRIC thing, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, where they're creating more and more of a middle class. His trade-focused U.S. trip comes after months of engagement on security issues. So Russia and the United States have always fought about security. We want to do trades, but we also want to say, hey, your nuclear arsenals, we need to cut this down. We need to put pressure on you to stop supporting Iran. Both presidents, Obama and Medvedev, feel that, uh, you know, there's some potential in the relationship that extends beyond the flashpoint hot political buzzwords. Medvedev wants to modernize his country. It's the world's largest energy producer to try to lessen its dependence on oil, gas, and metals. The United States wants to build a relationship that, hey, every time you know something happens with Iran or Iraq, we don't go hiding away from each other. So Medvedev was in Silicon Valley yesterday, and John Chambers, he's like, hey, we'll invest $100 million. We will invest $100 million in Russia. Outside Moscow, we'll create Silicon Valley outside Russia, Moscow. That's my John Chambers impression. It's not very good, but he's kind of a southern dude on the feminine side. But um, so Medvedev met with Steve Jobs yesterday. He met with John Chambers yesterday, toured Silicon Valley companies, trying to put together a game plan, U.S. trade and goods with Russia through the first four months of this year, up 27% versus last year. That's a good thing. Now, the effort to deepen investment may run up against the legal climate because at times Russia has said, get out of our country, we're taking over your building. Let's go to Peter in San Francisco. Peter? How you doing, Rob? Good. Um, I, the last caller kind of always puts the fear of God in somebody when you're talking about their, their financial future. Yes. And I just wanted to check in with you and see if uh, what I'm doing is, is good. Be quick. Um, I have a 401K with about 250000 in it. I own a couple properties that are paid for, and you know I get rent money from them. Good. Um, how much are those worth? How much are those worth if you're going to sell them? Uh, they're probably uh, between two fifty and three each. Okay. And they're then they're rented out, you know, long term leases. Okay. Um, I'm only forty uh, one, but um, I just you know how much do you think twenty years from now I would need to you know live comfortably? I'm not talking about you know jet setter, but to live comfortably. Do you have a spouse? Oh uh, yes, I do. Okay, so y'all have 250000 and y'all are both probably about the age of 40. Yep. Okay, and are you still working? Is she still working? Yep. Okay, just keep doing what you're doing. You're saving a lot of money. You've got, you know, properties that are worth about 500000 That should be pulling in rent of about 20000 Otherwise, you have to question whether it's a good use of the money. Right. Um, but it's also a good depreciation, a good um, write-off for you, so that's good. It sounds like you're doing great, Peter, so I, I wouldn't freak out because you're not 56 years old with $3,000. I know you just hear that. You go, oh my God, I thought that far away, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're doing great. You've got any as long as you're around forty, you want somewhere between a hundred and four hundred thousand. You may not, Peter, be able to live in San Francisco and live like a, a king when you retire, right. but you're doing very well for every other state in the country. And, uh, how much? Uh, how much do you think you roughly? Just how much do you think you need to be ha- have as a nest egg to put away? It depends on your budget. Um, a million dollars will pay you about forty thousand until the day you die. Right, 4%, sure. So you want to pull 4% because inflation is going to be 3 Investments might right. be able to get you 7%. So that's the right. basic number. Um, so start figuring out your budget, and you'll start figuring out, Peter, and thanks for the call. Uh, let's, Jeffrey Lerman, we've got 50 seconds. Jeff, I know you're talking about these strategic defaults. Get straight to it. Yeah, well, I just wanted to uh, call in and let your listeners know with uh, this hot issue of strategic defaults as it might affect their property ownership, uh, we have a 
a brand new uh, home study course that we put together, four hours to help them walk through that very difficult decision. And uh, I was listening to the radio. I thought I'd give a call. Jeff, why don't you call back tomorrow if you get a chance sometime in the earlier part of the show, because I'm down to 10 seconds, uh, tied towards strategic defaults and Fannie Mae and whether or not people will be able to get FHA loans and whether or not they'll be held accountable. Thanks for the call, Jeff. We'll talk tomorrow, hopefully. Bob Black and your money, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.